0: I just want to pray for you guys wherever you're at this morning in your walk with Christ. You know, maybe you're here this morning, and you're not even saved. I hope you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here and you are saved. Be encouraged. He is our living hope. Amen. He gives us hope. When there is no hope, when things are going south and things are dark, he gives us hope. He's that song in our heart. In the middle of the night, he is that to us. He is our living hope. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He, he defeated Satan at the cross. And all we do is we partake in that victory as we follow him and serve him because he is the living hope. He is risen from the dead. Father God in heaven, let that song ring in our hearts that you are our living hope. Let us Just believe that, let us stand in faith, let us claim that, Father, and let us walk in that victory, that you're our living hope, that you are dwelling on the inside. Thank you for that truth, Lord. Thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. 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 You may have a seat. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody's gearing up, or... We're getting ready to go back to school, teachers are gearing up, schools are gearing up, colleges are gearing up, it's, it's going to be turning fall here and, and a couple, well, probably not soon, <laughs> not living in the south, but it's just it's that, it's that time of year, it's maybe November, yes, thank you, Rick, maybe November, um, but I hope everybody is doing well, I hope uh, you're, you're, as your soul prospers, your life prospers, and I hope all is well with you guys. And I find it a blessing that um, you come to gather on Sunday mornings to get into the Word and to get into worship. And I'm super pumped. I'm super excited about this passage. I mentioned it when I first came up. and We had a lot of people coming afterwards. But I thought I was going to get through Galatians chapter 6. But I can't. We got to the, we get, we're going to get through six verses this morning because it's such a powerful, powerful message if we'll take it to heart. Amen? If, if we will just let this... You know, I've, I've been talking for the past two months, you know, we're, we're not under law, we're not under law, we're under grace. As I mentioned this a while ago, I'm, I'm just reemphasizing it again because it's important, but we are under a law, and that's the law of Christ. That's the law of Christ, that's the, the hope of Christ. That's the, uh, and what we're looking at this morning is, is how to bear one another's, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So turning your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6. We're looking at just the first six verses this morning. Let's look at it. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. The Apostle Paul says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Ouch. Verse 4. But each one must examine his own work, and when he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regards to another. For each one will bear his own load. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Someone my friend is in danger someone at the church of galatian in the in one of the galatian churches has been caught in a sin they've been busted somebody's lied somebody's stolen hey hey did you hear about what maurice done maurice is at it again that scoundrel! can you believe him i cannot believe what he's doing we're going to take Maurice out behind the woodshed, and we're going to have a little talk with Maurice. Who is in danger here? Who is the Apostle Paul addressing in this passage? He's not addressing the person that sinned. These six verses, that's why they're so important, he's addressing those who are going to talk to the person, those who are going to help the person. This is not for the sinner. Or not for the sinner, this is not for the person that's fallen. This is for the person that wants to go and help. You know, it's very important that we understand what scripture teaches, what God's word teaches us concerning helping others. There's a right way to do it, and then there's a wrong way to do it. And we want to do it the right way. And the right way is always God's way to do it. These these six verses here are flashing yellow lights. They're flashing yellow lights for those of us who want to help others and saying, hey, take heed to what these verses say. These are are wisdom. These are guidance in us wanting to help other people, especially people within the body that's fallen because people blow it, even in the church, even within the church. People blow it, And, and we need to help those people We need to help them. This passage here is instructions for us that want to help other people. So let's pray one more time, and then we'll get into it verse by verse. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, teach us. Our hearts are open as we open your word, and let us see these awesome, amazing biblical truths. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Six verses dealing with fulfilling the law of Christ and helping one another, specifically bearing one another's burdens. And what you need to know about these first six verses in Galatians chapter 6 is there's a cornerstone verse. All all six of these verses will find their foundation in verse 2. So let's take a look at verse 2. Verse 2 is the cornerstone. It's the foundation. It says, bear one another's burdens and bear. Thereby fulfill the law of Christ. What is is the law of Christ? Pastor David, you've been talking, we're not under law, we're not under law, and you're right. We're not under the Mosaic law. We are under grace in our relationship with with, with God. So what is this law of Christ? This law of Christ is, is to be bound to love and serve and honor the Lord Jesus Christ and his body. His body, his body. Jesus said in John chapter 13, we've heard this verse many times, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, so you also love one another. So this this, um, law of Christ starts with the love of God that comes to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, and then it makes its way out of us into those around us. You know, it's not just enough to have the love of God in your heart, which that's important, but that love of God should flow out of us. It should affect those around us. Now, we live in a day and age where you got to define everything because people will hear the word love and they start thinking about movies and, and songs. But God's love is not a pampering love. God's love is not a pampering love. It's a love that says this, I want the very best for you. That's what God's love is. It's, it's, um, it's not squishy and soft. It's strong. And it says, I want the very best for you. And when we display that love to other people, that biblical, a godly, agape love, we're saying, I want the very best for you. This is a love, the, the love of Christ found under the law of Christ is a love that helps people. It's a love that builds people, and ultimately this is a love under the law of Christ that helps us point other people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this love is. It's not just enough to, to love them sentimentally or, 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 or affectionately, but it's a love that says, I want the very best for you. Mom and Dad, you know what I'm talking about with your kids. You know what I'm talking about with your kids. You want the very best for them. And sometimes that love is painful. Sometimes that love is hard. Sometimes that love is challenging. But that's the love of God. That's the love of Christ, to be bound to love, to serve, and honor the Lord Jesus Christ in his body. So what I want to do this morning, based on these six verses here, is I want to give you five practical ways you can fulfill the law of Christ. So what is the law of Christ? Let's look at it. Five practical ways, my friend that you can fulfill and walk under the law of Christ. Verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. Principle number one, the first way... That you can fulfill the law of Christ is this. When you help people who have fallen be restored to Jesus. That's number one. That's the first one. Is is you help people who have fallen be restored to Jesus Christ. Who does the restoring? It says in there, in verse 1, it says, you who are spiritual. This is not talking about church leadership. You know, this 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 is not talking about church leadership. That word "spiritual" means uh, the Greek word is pneumatikos. Pneumatikos. It means to be filled with the Spirit, to be born again, to be um, to be established in your walk with Christ. Those are the type of people that can be a part of this restoration. And then it says there in um, verse 1, it says, uh, we are to restore such a one. The, the Greek word for restore is katartizo. It means to, to mend, to repair, to restore. The same word is, is used in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, when it talks about mending nets. About mending nets. And that's what it's like when we help another brother or sister in Christ get their life together. It's like mending a net. You know, when a net gets torn up or or gets uh, twisted up, it can be complicated. It can be complicated. It can be very challenging. And so it is with the lives of believers. It takes a lot of work. But notice how we do it. How do we do it? In a spirit of gentleness. Some of your versions say a spirit of uh, of meekness. That means we're we're not self-righteous. We're not self-righteous. We're not. We're not condemning, you know. In in this spirit of gentleness of, of helping someone else out, we 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 point them to Jesus Christ. We point them to Jesus Christ, and we always, 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 always speak the truth in love. Love speaks the truth. Love speaks the truth, even when it's challenging, even when it's hard. That's something I'm learning in ministry. That. If you really love them, if you really care for them, you'll speak the truth to them in love. The ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is, is restoration to Jesus Christ. So, number one, you fulfill the law of Christ when you help people who have fallen be restored to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at number two. Number two is found in verse two. It says, It uh, says, Paul says bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Number 2. You fulfill the law of Christ when you help people through their sorrows and trials. You 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 fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, you're doing what he says. You're displaying the love of God. And then it says it says we bear one another's burdens. What's a burden? What is a burden? Burden has two definitions. One is it's a heavy load. It's a heavy load, and that can be from people going through a, a, a moment of sorrow or going through a season of sorrow when they, le- they lose a loved one or something tragic happens. They carry a burden. They carry a burden, and, and it's a heavy load on them. And we as Christians can come alongside them and help them. But a burden, but also a burden in the context of, of verses 1 through 6 I believe he's also talking about failures, too, and he's talking about sin, and he's talking about temptation. When we see a brother or, or sister struggling, they're carrying a burden. A lot of times, Christians don't want to continue in the sin. It's just that They're struggling with it. They're fighting with it. It's a challenge. It's a heavy load. And in their fight, you and I can come alongside and help them. It's the very first word in verse 2. It says there in verse 2, it says, bear one of those burdens. That word bear means uh, to hold up. It, mean, it means to hold someone up. You know, and I, and I think in my mind when we hold someone up, we're thinking about someone going through a difficult situation, someone going through sorrow, someone, life's throwing them a curveball, and we come alongside them, and we fulfill the law of Christ by bearing their burden and holding them up. But also... It says, it says bear one of those burdens. The word bear means to help. It means to help. You see a brother or a sister struggling in their Christian walk. They're in the fight with sin. Maybe they're winning it. Maybe they're losing it. But instead of us being judgmental, let us come in beside them and help them through discipleship, through accountability, through, through the tools that's written in the word to, to, to help them, let us bear, that word bear, to hold up, to help them. Instead of um, standing back and criticizing, let's come alongside people. Let's get involved in this, as the word, the word bear means, let us help them move forward in their walk with Christ. We don't, listen, a brother or sister who's struggling, going through a difficult time, um, They're wrestling with sin. They're in the fight. You don't help when you gossip. You don't help when you gossip. You don't help when you don't pray for them, when you don't lift them up to the Lord and you pray for them. You don't help them when you act like you don't care. And it should be our utmost concern, our utmost concern for the body and for believers is to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, to help people grow in the Word. So we bear one another's burdens, and thereby we fulfill the law of Christ. And we do that when we help people through their sorrows and through their trials. Number three, I found, I found a principle in each verse. Uh, verse three, he says, For if anyone thinks he is something Oh, this one's tough, man. This one's tough. You get, you, you get where this verse is going? You, you will be used by God. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The Apostle Paul here does not even have the sinner in mind. He's not even talking about the person that's sinned or the person that's fallen or the person that's going through sorrow. He has in mind when he writes this verse, he's talking about the person that's going to help the other person. He's talking to us. And what he's doing, he's warning us in this verse of pride. He's warning warning us of, of, of pride and letting our pride get in the way of helping someone else. So the principle I see in verse 3 is this. You fulfill the law of Christ when you understand this statement. I'm fixing to make a statement. When you get this statement, I have nothing and Christ is everything. I have nothing and Christ is everything. Your greatest enemy, public enemy number one of the believer, is pride. It's pride. And when we get to this point, where we say, man, I got nothing. I bring, I bring nothing to the table. The only thing I bring to the table is what Christ has given me and what is written in his word. If, if you, remember, if you walk in pride, you're not serving the law of Christ. If you walk in pride, you're serving the law of self. You're serving the law of self. You think you're, you, you think you're something, but what does he say? He is nothing. You're nothing. It's it's only what God is in us. My college degree, on my wall, so pretty. See, we got this little phrase, that says cum laude. It means nothing. My career, my military career, in this grand, eternal scheme of things, it means nothing. You know, in, in the military, as well as, Teachers and doctors and lawyers and professors and everyone else, we have, we have what is called the show me walls. You ever heard of a show me wall? You see it in people's offices and they go on the wall and they got all their plaques and all their certificates and all their degrees. Stuff's gonna burn. The stuff's gonna burn. It's, it's, it's not gonna last. Our achievements. Let me read the verse one more time. For if, anything's th- if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. My friend, I have nothing. Christ is everything. And what Paul is talking about is he's talking about the self, the personal person within you. We have nothing. Christ is everything. I'm I'm one beggar speaking to a bunch of beggars. And here's what I offer you. The word of life. The word of life. What's written in this book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, precept upon precept, verse upon verse, and just teaching what it says. That's what I offer. That's what I, that's what I bring to the table, it's, it's just scripture in the Word of God, because that is everything, and I am nothing. This, my friend, is what God uses. When we get to a point, when we get to a point in our life and we say, God, you are everything. Lord Jesus Christ, you are exalted. You are my life. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives within me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Talking about the, the, the me, the me, the I. It's no longer I, but it's Christ. So number three is you fulfill the law of Christ when you understand the statement, I have nothing, Christ is everything. This flies in the face of our pride. This flies in the face of our pride. We want to say, look at me, look what I got, look what I've done, when really we should be saying, look at Christ, look at God, look at what he's doing. That is when I believe we get to a point where God uses us. When we don't rest and trust in our own laurels, but we rest and we trust in the amazing power and glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants to do that in your life. He wants to come down by his spirit. Now, I understand you're a believer. The Holy Spirit's dwelling in you. But he wants you to yield to him and give it all to him. And let him be your all in all. So when people see you, they see Christ. I have nothing. Christ is everything. It's the third principle when we fulfill the law of Christ. Our, our, his, his desires, his mission, his, his mission in the earth, his, his compassion becomes our mission, becomes our passion, becomes our goals in life. Let's look at number four in verse four. I, I, I really love verse four. I, I just want to say that off the get-go. I love studying the word of God. And verse four is a very challenging verse. Man, I had to dig into this thing. I had to turn it sideways and turn it right, turn it left, turn it upside down, look at it, look at all the definitions of the words. It's a very challenging verse. And those are the verses I really love in the Bible. Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. God inspired this verse. There's a meaning that we have to bring out, a clear and straightforward meaning. So let's take a look at verse 4. He says, but each one must examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting. What? Boasting in our own work. In regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Paul, what are, what are you seeing here? What, each one must examine his own work. What, what, is this, what is this works? Then he will have reason for boasting what we're supposed to boast in regard to himself alone but not in regard to another what is what is he trying to say i'm going to give you my interpretation of this verse and it's this i'm going to in measuring the value of what god has done in your life I repeat that in the in measuring the value of what god has done in your life don't measure it with what god has done in other people's lives don't 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 get into the to the comparison. This is this is I call this the sin the the, uh, the sin the sin of comparison is what this is. Is um. Let's, let's look at the principle. My principle number four is you fulfill the law of Christ when you do not compare yourself to other people, when you don't use other people as a measuring rod of where you're at. You don't compare, especially. Uh, You don't compare yourself to others who have fallen. Don't compare yourself to others who have fallen. Don't let their fall be your rise. That is pride. Well, I'm not like they are. I didn't fall like they did. I'll go so far as to say this. If you find satisfaction in someone else's fall, you don't know the law of Christ. You don't know the law of Christ, and, and we get to this point where we find satisfaction. You know, we're full of ourselves, and we're not full of the law of Christ. This, here in this verse, the fourth principle is, is what you call the sin of comparison. Man, there's only one person we compare ourselves to, and that's to Jesus. That's to the Lord Jesus Christ. If I got a brother struggling, if Warren's wrestling, Warren's in the fight, well, my heart's there with him, and I want to come alongside him and help him. Because if he's struggling, I'm struggling. Because we're part of the same body. And the same with everyone else in here. That's how we should be with one another. We, and we don't ever get into this point. Well, oh, I ain't struggling with that. That ain't my battle. You know, oh, that's their battle and not mine. No, we're a body. We're a body. And if one struggles, they all struggle. And we should people, that should come along and help. Verse 5 for each one will bear his own load. Wait a minute now. Verse two says we bear one another's burdens. This says each one will bear his own load. I believe that verse five and verse two, they balance each other out. They balance each other out. In other words, there's a responsibility on both sides. The person who's helping and the person who's receiving help. there's, There's a responsibility On both sides. And the ultimate goal in a Christian helping another believer or helping someone is to help them move forward. So the fifth principle in these verses to fulfill the law, you fulfill the law of Christ when you lead people to move forward in life. How many of you know we can't live in the past? There's things that's happened in the past, there's things that's happened to us but we got to find healing. We got to find restoration and we got to get to a place where we can move forward. Where we can move forward. And he says here in verse 5, he says, "For each one will bear his own load." When you balance, when you look at verse 5 and you look at verse 2 and you put them together, each person has a responsibility. Each person has a responsibility. You, the one that's going to help someone, you have, you have a responsibility to encourage that person, to counsel that person, to challenge that person. DeBacchus verse 2 says you have, you have a responsibility to help the individual. But that person that's receiving the counsel has a responsibility also. Has a responsibility also. And, you know, and there's so many different things that people can go through. There's so many different gamuts. There's so many different situations that people can go to that you can't put a time, uh, a time limit on it. Because some people, it takes a while to heal. Some people, it takes a short amount of time to heal. But either way, the person that's going through sorrow, you know, they need time to process. They need time to, um, to process what has happened, whether it's the death of a loved one or, or a sickness or something challenging. You, as the one that's encouraging, have got to give them grace and give them time to help them work through and receive their healing from the Lord in, in, in what has happened and ultimately they move forward but then there's also now verses one through six in context I believe he's talking about a brother who's fallen and who's in sin um, who, who's, who's, who's in a sin that person has a responsibility to accept responsibility for his actions okay I understand some people have gotten hurt in the past And I understand that it'll cause rebellion and they'll rebel against God as a a way of acting out what happened to them. But they got to come to a point where they accept responsibility for what has happened through repentance. They got to accept responsibility and they got to move forward, they got to find a place of repentance. For for their disobedience, for their actions, and they've got to move forward. Each one will bear his own load. So both parties—the one um, that's helping the individual and the individual that's receiving the help—has a responsibility. I talk to a lot of people, a lot, and I'm like, guys, I'm like, uh, we'll talk about the situation, we'll talk about what they're going through, and I'm like, it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. That happened so long ago that you need to, one, send an email, make a phone call, let that person know that you forgive them. Let, make mends. The, remember, we talked about mending the net. Restore. Let it go. And let's move forward. Let's forget about the past, and let's, let's, let's move forward. We've we got to get to that place. But both people have a responsibility, for each one will bear his own load. And then, uh, before I look at this last verse, I just want to look at those again. I said it twice at the beginning of my sermon. This is the law that you are under. This is the law that you are under. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I don't know what verse it is, but Paul talks about the law of Christ there. And he also talks about it here in Galatians chapter 6. But this is a law. What a beautiful law. The the Mosaic law, they were were under the Mosaic law. And it was a law of judgment. You break that law, you're you're, you're stoned. You're put out. It It created legalism amongst the Pharisees. That, that old law system, there was no heart. There was nothing spiritual in the Mosaic law. Because the Mosaic law wasn't meant for that reason in the first place. It was, it was added, as Paul says, for transgressions to show the people why they needed the Messiah. But this, my friend, is the law that we live under today as a Christian. We want to help people. Who does not want to help people? Who does not like people who does not like people that like to help people? That's the kind of people we want to be around. I want to, I want to be around brothers and sisters in Christ that want to help one another. And, and I see it. I see it a lot in this body. I hear about things going on. And, you know, and I, don't, I don't have to initiate it. I don't do nothing, man. Things are going on, and there will be ladies who come to other ladies who come in and help them. Help those who have helped people who have fallen. Be restored to Jesus. There's no greater joy than seeing someone that's fallen away come back to Jesus. It makes us want to shout for joy. We help people through their sorrows and trials. Christians, we're not immune to suffering. We're not immune to suffering. Christians go through difficult times. Christians go through challenges. Christians get diseases. Christians suffer Christians fall. I put two words there on the end. When I, when I wrote the word sorrow, I was thinking about believers, <clears throat> people in our family that are dealing with grief and sorrow and, and lost a loved one and sickness. But then I, when I put the word on trial, people that are going through temptation. People that are going through temptation. And that's why I love our men's group, because we, we, we start getting down to the nitty gritty in our men's fellowship. I'm sure the women do too and the students but we help people through their sorrows and trials you know we don't need no Pharisees uh, looking down the barrel of the nose being judgmental we're trying we're getting there we're moving forward let's help each other do that move forward in our walk of Christ number three is a huge one I could have preached my whole entire sermon on that verse I have nothing Christ is everything this is the man or woman that God uses this is the man. When, when you get to that point, watch out. The demons are shaken. When, 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 when you understand that Christ is everything, and I have nothing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Um, number four, you don't compare yourself to others. You know, that's just snooty. That's just people you don't want to be around, people that compare one another. You know, I compare myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, him and him alone. That's the way we should all be. And then ultimately we help people move forward in life, specifically in their walk of faith in God. We want to help people move forward. We don't we 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 teach the scriptures here and we, we try to create an environment at Calvary Chapel where people come here to be challenged, to be challenged and to be changed by the grace of of God, and by the power of His Holy Spirit. I'm not coming down there, Daniel. I'm not going to be twisting your arm and forcing you to do anything that, um, that I want you to do. I want God, by His grace, by His Spirit, to work in your heart and change you and get you to that place where you move forward, as well as everybody else in here. Let's look at the last verse, and we'll close it up. He says, uh, The one who is taught the Word is to share... All good things with the one who teaches him. A lot of pastors, a lot of people use this verse to teach how the church should support their pastor. I don't think that's what's going on here. Uh, that, That thought pattern doesn't go with the flow of the six verses before it or the six verses after it that talk about reaping and sowing. So what is so what is Paul saying here in verse six? The one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Well, first off, I think we see in verse six the person that's doing the counseling, the person that's helping the individual that's struggling in whatever area he's using scripture. He's, he's sharing the word of God with that person. He, he's he's sharing the word. But what I think what he's saying here is the person who receives the counseling. The person who receives the mending, someone's come alongside you and helped you in your darkest hour. Someone's come alongside you and and helped lift you up from where you were. You have a responsibility to come back to them and say thank you, to say thank you, and to share with that person. I am so thankful for the men that have come along in my life over the past 25, 26 years in serving the Lord, who have come alongside me and helped me. And it says, the one who has taught the word, the one who received the counseling, the one who received the encouragement, the one that was picked up out of the miry muck by another believer, he is to share the good things with the one who has counseled him or who has taught him. Amen? Beautiful, timeless passage. As I was studying it this week, I kept thinking about uh, Chuck Swindoll. How many, how many of y'all ever listen to Chuck Swindoll? Amazing, amazing Bible teacher that comes on the radio. Uh, what do they call it? I think they call it uh, insight for living. Insight for living. Beautiful, timeless principles right here in verse 6. To, for you to add to your Christian walk. To fulfill the, um, the law of Christ. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's help one another. Let's bear one another's burdens. Um, the signature verse of this whole entire section was verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. This is a law that we want to be under. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for your people as as we go out this afternoon for lunch and spend the afternoon with family and we go throughout the week. I pray that these words will resonate in our hearts that we've seen here in Galatians chapter 6. Help us to fulfill your law by bearing one another's burdens. Help us to be a people that help other people come to know you and to move forward in life. Thank you for these timeless principles. I pray, Lord, that you just work it, work them in our hearts, and remind us of these amazing truths. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Amen.